Fox Radio. Tonight we have Wound Work Productions. And we're so excited, especially in this uncertain time that we're in, to be able to kind of bring a little entertainment to the community and um, collaborate with these two wonderful mamas. So we have Mama Kay and Mama Rashida. Say hi to the people. Greetings, peace and blessings, family. Thank <laughs> everybody. everybody, and greetings to you, Queen. Thank you for having us on. We yes. appreciate it. You're right, everybody. The whole family. I've been trying to get you guys for a while, so I feel so honored that you decided that you decided to collaborate and come on tonight. So we're honored to have you. Definitely, okay. we are happy to be here. Absolutely, yes, ma'am. So really what I want to know a little about is the backstory. I kind of, you know, I went on your website, I read everything about it. It's three, it was three directors at one point. And right. so well, how did this come about? How did Wound Work bust on the scene? Well, hey, um, Mama Kay, you and me. Shall I start? You can start, Mama. And also okay. talk about yourself. Tell us who you are, Mama Rashida. Tell you what you do, all of that. Talk about yourself, then jump in. Okay, not a problem. I am Mama Rashida Foreman Bay. I'm a mother a grandmother, a wife. I got many, many roles before I get to work, you know, my, my number one duties and, and loves, you know, um, for family. But, and speaking of family, um, womb work, that's pretty much how we got started. It was about family. We were, you know, artists who um, came together. You know, my background is in mental health, the mental health counselor um, before womb work and doing, um, assistant director for Uprising, a theater company outside of DC. And um, so we came together at Woomwork um, as artists, wanting to make a difference in our community. And um, I you know, also worked with um, you know, one of our other co-directors, um, Mama Natasha and myself, we ran a rites of passage for young girls for many years here in Baltimore and training other people to other women to run rites of passage, you know, as facilitators, um, working with the Baltimore Rites of Passage Collective. And um, so that's pretty much, I guess that's it for me as a writer. You know, I love to write songs, write children's stories and, you know, and as a writer and, you know, and then we connected with Mama Kay, we were all friends and sisters anyway before this, but, um, and I always say this, Mama Kay is a genius of a director, of an artistic director, an actress. And so, Mama Kay, won't you tell her more about you? Well, you know, um, the um, trilogy, and there are a lot of other mamas involved, but the trilogy of the three of our relationship bonding, um, Mama Walk on Water being a, a bit of an elder, a little older from, from us, you know, was walking a, a path and uh, so were we all. And Mama, she and Mama Rashida particularly were walking in uh, a very African-centered, Native American, uh, from our Native American blood. Um, and so we um, bonded with all of those energies of elevation spiritually. And I have to, I have to stress that because I think that was the key of our power and our uniqueness. And that was a, that was a very, very strong element of um, womb work, even coming up with the, with the name, um, uh, the, that process 
of going to the water. Um, um, we, we were constantly a part of spiritual experience from an African-centered, from every spiritual African-centered spirituality that I, I knew of. And really they opened me up even more in our, as we came together in a, a, a depth of sisterhood. And that's very important. And that's important because that is the energy and the current of our work. Yeah. That is the key and we I don't think that's specified enough to know that that is what was the uh, I think the foundation and the cement and foundation of of who we are and what makes wound work a bit more unique, I think, than the average theater company. Those elements were very, very important. And I want to stress that. Go ahead, Mama Cheetah. I, I love when you cut me off like I used to you will go be me now. Yeah, so you know, I think that our um that spiritual foundation it was steeped in rituals. Mm. So we were it was included, whether it was you know, going with uh, Mama Walks on Water on her land to do um to do um sweat lodges. Sweat lodge, to do sweat lodge or um doing Agnihotra, which is a part of a, a spiritual um meditation that I've been doing for a lot of years, but we all do that with sunrise. Yoruba, the Yoruba becoming all of the Yoruba, Yoruba part of us, Ifa. You said you know, Mama Walk on Water? Uh-huh. You said Mama Walk on Water? Mama Natasca, her her spiritual name is Mama Walks on Water. Oh, okay. Who is that? Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Right. Yes, uh, in our original beginning. Got it. And um, so, um, so whether, um, you know, whether we're use, utilizing Reiki, yoga, um, Ola teaches yoga within our space, whether we are, um, so it's maybe meditation or whatever the spiritual understanding is, we may sing in the middle of creating our productions, do gospel, you know? Mm -hmm. There may be a song that's, whatever that spiritual space is that we need to go to, to reach, um, to peel the onion back, to get to the depth of something or to heal a situation. And as we talk more, we'll, we'll talk more about our process because our process is one of using, you know, um, true stories, factual information and, um, you know, um, specialists in that particular area. And we blend all of that together, the dance, the music, the ritual, and then we create the productions from that and um, with the direction. and. Along the way, as Mama Kay said, it, it was the three of us who originally started, but then it was was all the other mamas who were a part of it. And Babas. And, and Babas, you know, that, um, so what started out as a summer project for teens, and it was a domestic violence prevention summer project. Mm. And then it expanded to talk about street violence, uh, gang violence, HIV prevention, uh, mm childhood sexual assault, any issue that affects families and communities. And as we begin to share those stories sometimes, and our thing is we are our sister's keeper, we are our brother's keeper. So one person's story, your story is my story. I'm, you know, we're not disconnected from it. So we begin to share these stories, but the ritual part of it was the part that helped people to purge from that particular thing. So if you're sharing a true story, 
about sexual assault. That was that was one of the deepest ones, I think. Oh, you know, yeah. and child and child uh, sexual assault was was, yes. was very yes. powerful. And everybody that's usually in the show, uh, many of them, uh, most and many of them, um, experience that particular health issue. Yes. Or and, if they have but a, a lot of times, we never shared. You couldn't tell who it was that was because we were protecting each other. Yeah. In the gang violence show, almost all of the males, particularly, were a part of gangs from wow. different gangs. And they became brothers and began to work together and are still like this to this day. Yeah. That's just one or two examples. Yeah. But it's yeah. constant. If it wasn't a part of healing in that manner, we didn't really mess with it. And that's how it started to come to us. That's why I think the bloodline is so forever tight because of, of, of how we um, have created works and how it's been a part of our healing. Uh, a part of a healing for each person. You know, and, and, and our mission actually is to heal and empower youth, their families and communities while preserving cultural legacies through the performing arts. Yeah, that's our story. So, you know, um, you know it's, about, it's about healing. And we have experienced for the past 25 years, the power of the arts to heal communities. Wow. You know, um, that's a real thing. And- Real thing. Yeah, we, 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 we kind of say it, but we have experienced it in a very, very deep way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, um, go ahead, Mama. Mama. No, go ahead, Mama Kay. Mm -hmm. And we, and we've had experiences with, um, directors, Pat Moran casting has casted, you know, cast all of our young people have probably who are adults now have been a part of, of most of the HBO uh, television programs, you know, they were in that, and many of them are, you know, have been casted in and working professionally, choreographers, everything that you can think of. Um, they've moved on. PhDs who have begun to work in these health areas, doctors, um, and a lot of that beginning became their love for wanting to heal community. Mm. So, and and that, that people don't real, realize that sometimes that they see that the, the depth of, of what this process has been and what we how we watched young people unfold and become great, not just performers, but healers. Healers, wow. Healers. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what we really bring, but we use the arts as a, as a way to heal and to, you know, to, to begin to talk about these topical issues. Yeah. And that's, a, that's the way we, that's the way that we worked. And I think that's what makes us a, a bit unique from a lot of um, other organizations. Yeah, and, and not that we don't do, um, I guess, like traditional theater in that way, because we've done pieces, you know, it, with traditional theater and, but this social justice theater and social change theater is the, the you know, is as our foundation and it is our, our way um, to healing. And even if we do even traditional healing, because we, we include the, um, the audience, because the audience members are a part of, of, of what we do. At the you know, end of every show, we have a discussion where you know, the audience gets a chance to share or we'll have specialists come um, to t who um, are experts in that particular subject matter you know, to come. Um, as an example, we had one year where we did an HIV prevention um, um, show well, we were commissioned by the Baltimore City Health Department to do shows to, to help to educate 
people about um, on HIV uh, prevention awareness. And what started out as an educational show, it ended up being a show to deal with breaking the stigma about HIV. Mm -hmm. Very began to tell the story, um, people started, some people gave, this, this was the one topic that we could talk about it, but the, the, all the stories came in anonymously because nobody could share that this was a disease that they had mm. or a family member had. The many and, people that were in the show actually had, had HIV or definitely a family, family members. Yes. And sometimes in the show, it wasn't revealed until one time till opening night. Mm. And the show, when some of the cast members begin to break down because I couldn't share it then, my uncle died of this. Well, my mother's dealing with this, you know? And so we had, um, so this show began to be a show um, about breaking the stigma um, of HIV. And so um, it was, and, and, and so as it developed, cause we didn't have a title at first, but what, as we began to build the script, it, it, it was called, who can I talk to? Who can I tell? Wow. We, we opened the show. There were four women. We were four. We opened the show. There were women who wrote their stories down and couldn't share it. We told it anonymously, but all four of the women found out when they were pregnant that they had HIV. Wow. So we opened the show with four pregnant women. Ola played in that. Ola played yes. one of those pregnant women. Yes. Wow. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Wow. Yeah. They all found out why they were pregnant. Mm. Yes. So those are the, and so those were the stories that we had to share. Um, we've had shows that we've done on addiction where, you know, we had a parent who um, came up to share his story and in the show apologized to his daughter, who was one of our cast members at the time. There's so Ooh. much of that. Ooh. And, you know, the audience. That's emotional. Yeah, the audience could feel it. And he yeah. apologized. Him and his daughter, this was live, you know, was live. Yeah. She came out of her character and went to hug her father wow. in the show, you know. And when we open with, we always open with libation, which is, you know, um, you know, playing honor to our ancestors. When we did a show on um, um, violence, sorry, um, violence prevention, street violence, um, you know, when we called out the names of those people who had who had a, a family member who had been murdered. Wow. He almost it had like to It never ended. The show it that never was, ended. It just kept on, kept They it. just kept calling their names out. Kept, kept and, saying, wow. and the vibration that you could feel, people were purging in the audience. Yes. Because their story, and they were able to say their loved one's name in the beginning. So yeah. these are the rituals that we incorporate, but it's a part of the theater, which, you know, because it's real and it's the honest truth, this is where healing happens for the audience. And then when you're able to see, we all have had, you know, you know, the family member that was struggling with alcoholism or struggling with drug addiction and how that has affected us. So we told all those stories, you know, some of the stories, some of it, you know, we had to laugh about it because it, it was so sad and some of it was, kind of funny, you know what I mean? You know, we had those funny stories that we you know we share in families, you know, when the, you know, I know for my mother was the TV that was missing, you know what I mean? And, uh, you right. know, screen. 
we can, it wasn't funny when it happened, but then we, we, we retell that story in a way so that we can purge from it. And sometimes laughter and humor is a way to free yourself, you yes. know, the burden of it, right? And, um, and then sometimes we've done such heavy stories that we've had to tell, have some comedy, you know? And um, Mama Kay, you know, <laughs> working with our young people being, stand, you know, she's a professional comedian with stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. and um, how we tell that story. Um, so um, it's, it's this, the pro our process, we know um, it is what makes us unique and what, but, but the, the uniqueness, um, I mean, and the power of it is the truth. Mm -hmm. You cannot go wrong with the truth. Can't go wrong with the truth. The truth is always elevating and freeing. That, that's so the truth, truth that's to set you free is, you know, it ain't a, just a cliche. That thing is real. That thing is real. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times too, your theater is important because with black people, we don't have, we can't approach that. Our walk is so multifaceted with so many different issues and, and things that go on in our lives and, and how we're being attacked in America. So it's a blessing to have outlets and you utilizing the arts to bring people together, community. All that's important. And, and so, you know, it's important to have a place to express yourself where there's nothing, you know, there's no judgment. Yeah, and, and, and the way that we, even in our teach class, and, and uh, you know, for teaching, you know, sometimes we're able to, you know, internalize, you know, we've been so used to, you're in a Euro way of teaching, mm -hmm. you know, very stiff, well, but you know, some, the rhythm the and rhythm. the dance is what makes us, you know, we might do, I'm not scared of mathematics. I love to learn mathematics because I am mathematics. <laughs> like, you know, so we got to add some rhythm to it yeah. so that now I can really internalize it in a deeper way because that's a part of who we are. We're energy. Yes, yes. And, you know, not running away from the drum because the drum is a part of who we are. That rhythm, that's what, it's the bass, you know, yep. it, it, it's, it's the funk and funkadelic that made us, you know, move, you know, and yeah. that's what we, that's what we tap into. And that is when the audience is able to drink deeply of the information that's shared because of the way that it's given. So it's done in song. Maybe it's a song that moves you, or maybe it's the dance, you know, or maybe, you know, it's certainly you know, the monologue and the, and the talking back and forth, it's all of those things, it's, it's in the ritual, it's in the beginning of what we do. It's mm -hmm. that libation, you know, what may be the African dance at the end or whatever that is, it's all of those things together that creates the magic that helps to shift consciousness in communities through the arts. Hmm. I know what, I'm with artists. I see all this color in the background, Brother Parrish. <laughs> I'm looking at Mama Kay. It's some artists around here. I, I see yeah. a brother on here, Brother Parrish, but I see Brother, brother Dale, Dale Madison. Here, Dale Madison in the house and Brother Parrish, all right? You know what? <laughs> Dale and I started a company, Actors Against Drugs. Yes. Because I'm a recovering addict. And upon my healing, I traveled and, and done some stuff and I got clean re really in um, did I get clean in Amsterdam? Scotland, I think. 
Mm. I don't think Amsterdam. I think I was still getting high in Amsterdam. Amsterdam's a tough place to get clean, just saying. That's not the place to go get clean. Hey, I, I couldn't mess with that. The Amsterdam had me down. But anyway, Scotland. That's how you know, I was on tour with Joyce Scott. You know, Joyce Scott, the artist, and I did a lot of work together. But upon um Thunder Thigh Review. Yeah, the Thunder Thigh Review. But um, when I started to get clean, I came back and um, worked with a group of actors and we called ourselves Actors Against Drugs. And my vision was that the drugs were alive for me. So these actors had to play these drugs. And I brought some of that even into some of the stuff with wound work because that element of addiction is such a force in my life. You know, now I'm fighting the food addiction, but it's always an addiction in my life. So um, Dale, I'm so glad Dale lives in LA now and he's a, quite a performer, but I wanted to do a shout out to how he was so supportive throughout all my Absolutely. years. And Dale also, he and I went to high school. Yeah, we yeah. were on stage yeah. in high school. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. And, and Brother Parrish is in your actual, he's, he's a part of what you guys do. Oh That's yeah, right. Parrish started out, you know, Parrish, I guess you were, you were how old were you when you started? 15, 16. 15 or 16. Wow. Can you share a little bit about the performance that you came in on and how that um, affected um, your life? I came in on a gang piece. We had a, a, a gang play that was like very raw. It was very yeah. real and raw. Um, yeah, the birth of peace. Yes, yeah, the birth of peace. I, um, me, I um, got tied up with some of the wrong people. So that, that actual play was like very realistic to me. Um, it tapped into my reality, but at the same time, it um, it taught me, it taught me, and it 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 made me want to get away from a lifestyle and choose a different path at an early age. And I'm glad I did when I did. I'm glad that I met both mamas, Mama K and Mama Rashida, when I did, because I can honestly say that Woonberg played a part in saving my life and many other people like me that come from even worse backgrounds than me and some that come from the same as me. Um. They say many people's lives, many youth lives, and I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for this company, and I'm just thankful to continue being a part of what we're doing as we grow. I wanted to say about Parrish. Parrish is now one of our top teaching artists mm. all over the state of Maryland. Wow. He, particularly works, he works with young brothers. Um, he works with some all-male classes. Um, he's doing Excellent. work um, so for many years. And not only a great actor, but also a, a, a fantastic, outstanding teaching artist yep. um, in, in many ways. So some of the same things that he learned, he's passed it on to the young brothers now, too. Very, very proud of him. And brother Parrish, you're a father now too, right? So yes, definitely. I got eight years. Father, that's amazing. I'm on the way, so you know, it's uh, it's different for me. I always wanted to be the person I didn't have in my life. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have my dad in my life, so that made me be. It taught me the do's and don'ts of fatherhood, and it also taught me, as far as being a teacher and artist, it taught me how to be a teacher because I remember teachers not giving me a chance to speak and adults not really listening to me. And it, I, through the virtues, I had to learn, it wasn't what I was saying, it was how I was saying it. Right. And that's how people start hearing you. People hear you different when you say things different. So mm. that's-, that's You're <laughs> teaching already, bro. That's what he does. <laughs> and, 
And I want to introduce, if you don't know, um, Stephanie. Stephanie Williams. Stephanie Williams. Stephanie! (laughs) And I was going to talk to you, but Stephanie has been with us for so many years, and she's just taking off as being a part of the big admin team and yes. taking That's over and moving toward the your total directorial ship as Mama K takes her cane and yes. into the moonlight. Check you up, Stephanie. Mama K, can I say? Can I say just say one little thing? Oh, you can say oh, more than one little thing. I always, I, once I get the mic, I want to give it up. But um, I, I met Mama K when uh, in the in the. Uh, mid 80s, we were doing educational theater on teenage pregnancy prevention. Ah, um, and it was the Baltimore Council of Adolescent Pregnancy and Prevention. Ooh. And we were hired as actors and Mama K was directing. Uh, when she came back from Scotland, she was inspired to create her own troupe because we weren't satisfied with the way that the theater company was trying to preach abstinence. And we wanted to take control of the social justice message message that we wanted to send to our community. And because she was going through recovery at the time, she came to me and we partnered together to create our own company to be able to control the message we wanted to send out to community. We wanted, we did not want to be actors who were just hired to deliver a message that we didn't truly believe in because we believed that teens had a better choice other than just abstinence. So when we took over Actors Against Drugs, it was about dealing with recovery. But then the thing that hit us in the 80s was that we were losing members of our companies to HIV and AIDS. And so Mama Kay and I branched out to John Hopkins University and we started using our talents as actors to educate and how could we tell people to go out and get tested for HIV? And then if they were infected with HIV, then how could they live their lives? So then she used her creativity to then take it just from substance abuse to how could we do HIV prevention? And then a few years later, we were approached by another organization and we dealt with domestic violence. And then I had to leave uh, Baltimore to Los Angeles and she just kept it rolling. So she's always been on the pulse of what's going on in our community and how can we use the arts to educate, which then inspired me at 47 years old to go back to college and get a master's degree in education. And my thesis was on how do we use arts to impact our youth at risk for anything. And that's how, when she called me up and she says, you know, I form you womb works. It was like, it was just the next evolution of what she does because what she's done is just layered upon what she has to bring. And then to see, I, and I get, this is when I get emotional. When I get to see my, my goddaughter who I loved and held as a child, my Ola, you know, oh, okay. is the spitting image of Kay when she was young and thin and fabulous, you know. <laughs> you traitor! I don't do not you know. like imagine. You're done, boy! You're done! Before I say too much, let me mute. I'm just gonna mute and then let her take <laughs> Dale, I think you need to mute your, that's right, mute. Yeah. Stay on mute. <laughs> back to Sister Stephanie. Mama Sheena, share, let's share a little bit about Stephanie. Yes, yeah, Stephanie. Oh, yeah, Stephanie. Un- unmute, un- that, un- unmute that mic. Come on in here. Yeah. She was directing before she gave up in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, Stephanie, uh, you know, she started with us 
about 14. She was about 14 years old and um, she had already been acting and dancing and doing- She had uh, a Hugh Carey had made her a star. Yes. And um, <laughs> she came to us and now um, she is directing show. She just directed, um, I think her latest with um, the, the um, Sibby Grant, the um, channeling of Miss Sibby Grant. Wrote it and directed it. And directed I was there. It. I was yes. there. It was amazing. Thank yes. you. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, so her directorship, her um, acting, singing, dancing, all of that um, she's able to do in such a, uh, a profound way. And um, just, and she's a great teaching artist because wow. remember, um, we have a core of teaching artists, you know, our uh, actors who are also teaching artists, which is amazing. Ola as well, teaching artists. And they are, um, they're doing some amazing work with, and so it's like really expanding room work in so many different ways, but affecting the lives of so many young people who are up and coming now from, so we're doing from K through uh, eighth grade and high school even. Yep, so really K to 12. Yeah, yeah so Stephanie, tell us about some of the work, <laughs> some of the work you do. Okay. Uh -huh. um, well, speaking of some of the work that I do, um, we had rehearsal. We're just coming from rehearsal. Nevis Parish and myself. Ola, I sent you a script. Mama K, I sent you a script. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a script. And we will see you all on rehearsal on Friday evening. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> um, I did grow up doing theater, first in church, and then with the UB Blake Art Center with under the direction of Hugh Carey. And um, I actually did a show with Mama K when I was 14, fame. Um, Hugh Carey would take, you know, Broadway shows and introduce them to kids in urban communities. Mm -hmm. And Mama K, I did a show with Mama K and she said, listen, this summer, you, you gonna come on over here. I still. <laughs> she said, you guys get a character. Like you just yeah. go in the character. She said, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna talk to Sheets and you just come on, come to rehearsal. So, um, in case you don't know, Sheets is Mama Rashida, everybody. That's Mama Rashida. <laughs> there you go. I was like, who is that? Mama, Mama <laughs> Kate Mama um, 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 gave me that name. Okay, yeah. got it. So, got um, through Womb Work, um, I've had so many opportunities. I did my first uh, mainstream appearance on HBO's The Wire. We were extras in the corner with Mama K and Mama Rashida. Um, we did a, uh, I don't know if y'all remember, y'all remember when we first came at John Hopkins, we did that jingle for the ADT commercial, the oh, security right. company. Right. Yes, I just uh, found some of that stuff the other day in a box that I have. I gotta bring you that You gotta sing the jingle. You can't just say it. I don't remember. I don't remember. remember. <laughs> I don't remember the jingle. I don't remember none of it. That's it, huh? <laughs> um, but through that, I've been, um, I was able to go to uh, school, the American Musical Dramatic Academy in New York. And while there, all this stuff that I'm, that I'm paying to get an education for, I had already really gotten that New World with the mom. It was just putting a different name to it. And um, one time, my Rashida and my Saskia were having a conversation <laughs> with me. And I, my Rashida, I don't know if you remember, because um, I used to say, I used to try to joke with Mama Rashida and say, well, I'm going to be in white theater and um, Broadway, you know, I'm going to sing with the whites and, you know, like the, like an upper echelon thing. But really, 
her and Mama Natasha through singing our own songs. Like they were writing songs and singing them to me. And it was not learning through plucking a piano. No, honey, we're going to call it a response. I'm going to sing to you. You're going to sing back when I'm singing to you. And it gave me an appreciation for my own people. And um, Mama Sheeta said to me, you know, sometimes in order to be free from somebody, you got to learn your language and then learn to speak their language and then have them understand the way that you're doing with your own creation and your own beauty. And I never really understood that because when you go to those schools, you're taught a mainstream way and it takes you away from who you are, really. So wound work, um, you know, I've traveled abroad and done stuff, but there's no place like home. There's nothing like being able to be your own artist, the way we teach, the way we act, the way we put together shows, the way we tell a message. The way we have the hardest conversation through art is the, I'm most proud of that. I'm most, you know, some days people wake up and, um, you know, some of my uh, friends and family used to say, well, when are you going to do a real play or real actress or something? I said, what you mean? This is real. This is as real as it gets. We have people who come to our shows and get healed at the show. We have people that come to workshops. We have students, Parish and I see our students on the street and they say, look, I, I was talking virtues and now my probation is less. You know, that for me, you know, that for me is what, what I look forward to is what I appreciate about this company. Um, learning how to direct with compassion um, I've been up under the mamas just as much as their children and they never treated me different. Never, and you know, whether I was right, wrong or indifferent, always was able to, you know, talk to me, you know, through whatever, through the hardest of times. And that's what I appreciate. Whatever they give to their children and to they fa their families, they give to us. They are the true meanings of mamas and babas all the way around. And now I'm a junior mama and I don't even have no kids. Oh, don't worry, Book. Your womb is gonna work. Your womb gonna work. Your womb gonna work, Book. And oh, also, man. I'm always saying a few words. This is my daughter, Ola Yinkala Wow. But I want to tell you, if you can, Ola, if you feel comfortable about healing, uh, you know, how you heal through theater. Yes, I feel like, you know, as a person who has struggled through mental health issues, this has been very important for me because I have struggled in and out of this um, theater company because I was like, I'm not sure if this is really for me because I felt like I was just in it because, you know, I was kind of pushed in it because of Mama, because of Mama K. And this is the only thing I really could have done because of my mental health issue. But I'm so grateful because, again, this is just like, sister Stephanie was saying this is something that um it's really it's about cooperative economics and it's really something that we have built as Africa as African Americans and something that we have built as artists um as as people I'm so grateful as I'm teaching these young people like our language about who we are about who I am and um really teaching you know, because I'm, my father's from Nigeria, teaching them a part of our culture and our language. This is something that, you know, in, in any other space and any other 
uh, I don't think I could can do because this is something that we have created, something mm -hmm. we have written, we have created, we have done ourselves. And I'm so proud of something in the, since 1997, you know, through something that, you know, Mama Rashida, Mama Kay, and Mama Nataska through their artistry have really, you know, they have three women through their life skills and lifetimes have really brought together and said, this is something that we want to create for our children, for not just their, their physical children, but their, you know, to better Baltimore. And All right, for us. Yeah. And it's way it's way deeper than theater. It's, it's way, way deeper than theater. They have really and and I really feel like I and had, I want to call out to Mama Deborah and Mama yes, Cheryl and Mama mothers. Brenda and about, all of the mamas have Mama really, Yvette and Mama, and Mama, Mama Sharon Mama, Mama Ann and really and really put in a healing for me and really you know just put in something for me to have and really um, I feel like I've. I have something to, um, you know, have and, you know, really, I feel like I have something to, you know, cr have created and I've, you know, the, the past 20 years I've been working with this company, I have something that I have, you know, to teach and to, I've learned so much. I'm so grateful. Yeah, you know, Ola, you know, that was a really important point you made about self-determination too you know, about building something that, because when we first started, it just made me think about that. Um, we had a we had a, an, an idea of what we wanted to do. I mean, even with Dale, with them starting with um, the um, domestic violence and us moving on to all the different areas and building wound work. But we had an idea about what we wanted to do, but to tell you the truth, we didn't know a whole, whole lot about how to even start a 501c3. So we had to get help from everywhere because we knew we had an idea of what we wanted to do. And this is about when you want to do something, do it. We didn't have a whole lot of money to do it with. We built everything along the way. We just kept doing it anyhow. Sometimes yes. we did it. We did, we did, we did shows with or without money. Right. And we were making costumes in the back. We yeah. learned how to sew. We learned how to make beaded bras. Yes. yes. And you know, and, and, and when we first started, you know, you remember when we when we we moved to the church in the basement of the church and we didn't and the floors were so messed up that we we would be dancing, we doing it doing our nail. Yeah, we used to say, somebody get the hammer. We would dance so hard the nails would come up out the floor. We had to oh run get the Lord. hammer, bang the nail back down. Oh we dance some more and somebody holler. We need a hammer over here. We went over there, get the hammer and bang that down over there, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it was such a, um, and, we, and, and, and it's just, we, we, we steadied the course. We kept going anyhow. Yeah. So if you have an idea about something that you want to do, you don't just stop because, because healing has to happen. You know, and whether somebody's in our community, so I remember one time when we, were, when we were writing for grant funding, they said, oh, wound work, is that that militant organization? Because whenever and everybody that caught up to us, black right. lives matter. <laughs> so no, now you know. So, so now the word social justice is you know it's okay to say that. 
Yeah. Okay to use that. But at that time, when we, because we were telling the truth about something, nobody know. wanted to hear it. Then you had to be a militant. If you're telling the truth about our struggle, you wow. know, our children need to know our history. You know, it is important. And yes, and we unapologetically say, listen, our children have to understand because if you know at five about, you know, Ivan Van Sertimer or Louis Latimer, and if you know about all the great heroes and sheroes and Fannie Lou Hamer, and you know about them who were freedom fighters that lived, they didn't die. That's, mm. you know, Harriet Tubman lived to be in her 90s. She stood up for justice and she kept living. But if you know that when you're five, that changes your whole trajectory. Mamushita, speaking of which, Nevis, one of our young yes. members. Unmute hey. yourself, Nevis. Hey. Talk about hey. your experience and what it has done for you. Hey, Nevis. Um, so I started Moonworks when I was four. And I've been with Moonworks for um, almost seven years now. And when I first started, um, my mom, I didn't really know a lot about Woomworks and I, um, my mom signed me up because she wanted me to get out the house since my father had died that past year mm. in 2014. So she decided to sign me up for Woomworks. And at first I was like really nervous and I didn't want to go, like I was hiding away. And it was just like a lot. Cause I was just like, uh-uh, like I don't want to go. So my first practice, I was really nervous. I didn't say a lot. And then I started to kind of like grow into it. And it was just like, this is meant for me, kind of. And um, like, I, I don't know how to explain it kind of, but it was like, I had lots of other things to do, but then this was like my release to kind of like release all the stress away. And then, um, then I started to like grow up do more older shows and then get more like active with it and then I would and then this past year I've started to go with new next new generation and stuff you like that one second Nevis just everybody we have three companies um new world art ensemble which is which is our adult company new generation our teen company and then Nevis is a part of next generation our five to 12 year olds. But go ahead, Nevis, sorry. Nevis is New World. She got Nevis New World now. We oh, yeah. drank us right. tonight than all of us. She with us now. She, she with us now. <laughs> and, and, with, and with company. She's yeah. with the Corbin company. Yeah, you <laughs> doing so well. And there's so many others, Um, except with the Corona, you know, we've, we got to, you know, kind of, you just figure out things. Things are not quite the way they are, but we're still working. And we're working and we're using who's available. Yeah, I do. The one thing I do want to say, speaking of working, um, I remember working at my job at University of Maryland. And I was just like, I would go to work every day and be like, bro, I hate this job. <laughs> like, I really hate this job. I don't want to be here. Like, I really didn't like being there. And one work, I'm, I'm going to say one work saved me twice. I'm going to say they saved me twice because I had got, I got fired from down University of Maryland. Um, and that, like a couple weeks later, Mom and Kay posted something on like Instagram, like wound work opening back up and we having open rehearsals, everybody come. And I'm like, I, something just in my spirit said, go, you know, go. 
And that was what three, four years ago, Mama K almost. I think it's been about four, yeah, maybe four, close to five this time. So, and ever since then, Mama K and Mama Rashida, they they've been showing me like just how to become more into myself, become more into the arts, become more into theater and teaching artists. And like, I really love what I do now. I and I, I can I see why Mama K and Mama Ra can go years and years with doing this. Because this is sincere happiness, and you're you're honestly you gain a family, a forever family. Some of my best friends are in one work. Stephanie, one of my best friends. Ola, one of my best friends. Um, brother Charles. We um, is a family. We a family, and it's just <laughs> I it's love just, it. It healed through the arts, but it just it's the real too. At the same time, when it's not the arts, when we at rehearsal and they see you going through something, it's always somebody there that's going to notice that you're not yourself. And they will pull you to the side and bring you back to self. And as long as we're doing this, I can do this till I'm 90, honestly. I, I'm going to be an old man doing this. I am, for real. Wow. I <laughs> need no one to get in your wheelchair and go into the sunset. <laughs> and roll your ass on about that. <laughs> you guys are like a community. I, I, I feel authenticity. I feel community. I feel love. I feel family. And I see every extension. We got Nevis on the young end. Then we brilliant, got the old end. I'm not saying nobody's old. So we're going to say on the older, we got the mamas. We might need to get <laughs> Dale back in here to start speaking truth. <laughs> you tiptoeing over there. We might, Dale, turn your, turn, your, turn your camera back on today and drop that science real quick. Dale. Yeah, he's gone. Keep it 100. You know, you know, he's in LA, so I don't know what the time is. Where, where oh, he's still is. here. I see him in the. Oh, yeah, you know. he is. Yeah, but he, he, he said, I'm getting off camera. And so um, I just, I love this. I remember I talked to Parish a few days ago and I just wanted them to come on. And I told him, um, you know, when I came to the channeling of Sibley, I, I don't want to say it Sibby, wrong. Sibby, Sibby, Sibby. Yes, I asked him. Which, like, which, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's an award-winning play now. That's, that yes. is definitely yes. award-winning play. Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't know first that. African, first African, yes, first African-American co company and cast to win at the Charm City Fringe Festival, the yeah. audience choice award. Really? Uh, congratulations. That is amazing. You wrote and directed that. You bad girl. Yes. yes. That's amazing. And so when I came to that, which was so amazing, and Mama Kay and Mama, they, they allowed me to walk all over the place. Well, not walk all over the place, but I was up front and I, I got a lot of great pictures. I still have all of them. Yeah, yeah we'd love to see them. And then um, I, I asked them, I said, was that a washboard you was playing, bro? He said that was the I was just playing. I didn't know that was an actual washboard. I'm like, wow. So it's, it shows how you guys use anything. And it made beautiful music. I thought it was an instrument he made, but I said, was that a, and it was a washboard. But that shows how, you know, we can take anything and make it shine. That's right. That's right. We, we are so creative. And I, I just love moon work. Um, I'm a I'm a transplant in, in this community, but you know the name of this company is Black Box. Whoa! I am. That's and, like a womb working. That's a womb. I'm a womb worker. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I love. I got the same. Our names are very close. Your theater. And when I came in, I was like, "Well, it's named Black Box." But then Mama K told me most theaters are named Black Box. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm learning too. Y'all always teaching somebody. Lord have mercy. But that's, that's beautiful. But um, so we got all this talent here. 
Yeah. And they want to share screens. Ah, ah, ah. So we got talent over here in the red sweater with Stephanie. We got some talent here with Parrish. I know Nevis got something down there. I know Olu, she's smiling. Something's over there. So y'all got to give some people some stuff now. I want some real time. Can we get some real time stuff? Well, let's see what we can. You know, the real the reason that my machine and I got it online because we can't remember nothing. We were working. We didn't say you. I said I do want Irish, Olu, and Nevis. I didn't say nothing but Mama Ra. This is Ola, but uh, yeah, Ola. So I thought you was Olu. Pardon me, Ola. But I do think I do think. The one reason that I wanted to share uh, my piece because Laura Sly was worked worked on her degree, her master's program, and due to COVID, it was never seen. We interviewed her. I want to share that. And Mama Rashida now working on her master's and and created such characters. And one of the richnesses of Mama Rashida's story and her storytelling mastery, and she's a master storyteller, is to be able to channel family members in such a way that is so important. So that's the reason that both of these, and um, I channeled um, Dr. Pat. I, 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 I felt like I did, I, I was there for, for our dear Dr. Pat Newton um, when um, creating that character, I felt like I, I was. So anyway, I just felt that those two pieces were- Tisha Newton was an amazing woman. So, I want to tell you something about the word MF, otherwise known as motherfucker. Now, I need you to hang in there with me because I know that's a rough term. But just give me a minute because I'm going to give you a little backstory. So, without enslavement first started, they only stole men, strong black men from Africa. And the journey over to the States took two to three gruesome, horrendous months. And over, coming over on the journey, the white supremacist sea men, <laughs> excuse the pun, those white supremacist crew members would rape the enslaved men. One, just to humiliate them, and two, to satisfy their sexual predilections. Then later, when they started bringing women, excuse me, what am I saying, women? They brought girls. They brought black girls, African girls over between the ages of six to 15, and they raped them brutally too, brutally. Anyway, the first 
drop off for the enslaved was the Caribbean. That was the first drop off for our enslavement. And our enslaved ancestors that didn't stay in the Caribbean were then taken to the States. And the Caribbean started to get this reputation, right? They got a reputation for being a place to break a nigga. Oh, to break a nigga. And one way to break the black man was to rape him brutally in front of the other enslaved men. And this evil process was called book breaking or buck busting. And this was a way of humiliating the black man and robbing them of their self-worth. And most importantly, breaking their spirits. Breaking their spirits. And of course, the others who watch, <laughs> they were in fear of the loss of their self-respect and dignity. Now, I know, I know what you all were saying. Okay, okay. We've heard this history. But what does that have to do with the word motherfucker? Well, I'm about to tell you. You see, here in Maryland, Allstate, Maryland, the Eastern Shore, to be exact. We had some of the most horrific breeding farms around. Yes, we were bred. Males and females, brothers and sisters, mothers and sons. Now I need you to visualize this. They would put a burlap bag over the enslaved black woman, chain her, drag her into a barn, lay her down with her legs spread wide open, buck naked. Then they would bring an enslaved black man in, chain, buck naked, burlap bag over and force them to copulate. When he was done, they bring another one in and another one in because she was bleeding and exhausted. So I know you're asking me, so why the burlap bag? Why the burlap bag, you ask me? It's because even an animal savage would not procreate with his own mother. But the masters, the great white saviors, thought it would be appropriate to breed mothers and sons. That's right, to breed mothers and sons. That's what they did, mothers and sons. 
So that's where the term motherfucker comes from. It literally means to fuck one's mother. So I want you to do something. You think about that. The next time you use that filthy word, you think about it. And I pray I'm not around to hear you use it. Don't you ever use that word again. My name is Rogenia Foreman. I was born in Kershaw County, South Carolina, February the 2nd, 1904. <laughs> yeah, I, I raised my children in South Carolina. I, I had I had three sets of children. My first husband, I had a set of children. My second husband, I had a set of children. And then my last husband, we had four children together. I was in my 40s by then. And I had my children. I had four children. Uh, their names was, one was named after me. Her name was Rogenia. Uh, we called her Baby Jean. Uh, then there was my son, Isaiah. We called him Ike. Uh, there was my, my daughter, my daughter, Jean, um, my daughter, Janie, and we called her Coot. And my son, Benny James, that was my baby. We called him Booster. So there was a baby Jean, Ike, uh, Coot, and Booster. I love my children. I really did. That's all I lived for. That's all I worked for. When we were down south, we had to work too. We lived on a sharecropping farm, and we farmed uh, tobacco, but mainly we picked cotton. Yeah, we picked cotton. That picking cotton wasn't, wasn't a plaything. It was real. It was hard work. In order to survive, we had to do that. My children, they worked in the fields too. You know, we picked cotton. I picked most. Couldn't nobody pick more than me. I, I picked 200 pounds of cotton a day. Uh, my husband picked, oh, he picked maybe up to 150, something like that. But my children picked anywhere from 75 to 100 pounds a day. Now that now my, my baby Jean though, baby Jean, she could almost keep up with me. She could pick about she could pick about 150 pounds a day. She showed cool. That was my oldest daughter. She could pick cotton. Yes, yeah, she did. You know, we live in a little house that the, the people on the sharecropping farm provided. I guess you could call it a house. Really, it was more like a shack. It was like a shack. It was, you know, when it rained, you had to put buckets everywhere. And uh but we wasn't outdoors and we was grateful. You know, it was cold, it was an outhouse. We didn't have no indoor plumbing, none of that. No, we didn't have none of that. But we survived and we survived because we loved it. We loved one another, we did. We did. We had a precious love for one another. Yes, we did. And you know, my husband, um, you know, he wanted to move to Baltimore, a lot of his family had come already come to Baltimore. And I tell you, I didn't fuss or complain about it because it was hard living there. It was beautiful, but it was hard living. 
And, uh, you know, so when he said to come on to Baltimore, well, uh, you know, I was okay with it because, you know, maybe I could have a better living in a better way and have some more things for my children. Because, you know, on that plantation, on that farm, it was a plantation, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we, ain't, we ain't make but two, three cents a pound on, on for, for, for picking the cotton. Two or three cents a pound. You know, so anyway, we come on to Baltimore in the 50s, 1957. And I come up here, you know, uh, you know, and I've been here ever since, but I'm grateful, you know, because it was better living for my children. Everything I did, I did for my children. And I love my children, especially my Ike. That was my Isaiah, my Ike, I tell you. Sometime he come see me in the nursing home, he say, I say, stand me up, boy. Because you know my back. I always had pains in my back my whole life from picking all that cotton. Sometimes, sometimes them bags of cotton, sacks of cotton get so heavy, I had to crawl in the fields. I couldn't even carry it because my back, it was just too much weight. So I had to crawl through the fields to pick that cotton, but I picked it anyway. Well, on account of that now, you know, my back bad, but that eye kid come here, stand me up. He rubbed my back down. <laughs> I tell you, I love my children, all of them. They, they, they would say I was here. They would say they proved that I was here, my children. And now they got children, and their children got children. So I ain't never going to die. I'm always live on. <laughs> yeah, the children love. That's a precious kind of love. <laughs> During slavery, you know, people couldn't love their children like they wanted to. But once we was able to just be free enough to love our children, I loved on mine, sure did. Loved on mine all I could. Could ever be. Yeah. For That's a precious kind of love. That's what kept me going. So lonely and so blue. For that's what love will do. And darling, I'm so surprised.
Block. I'm telling you, you don't know how it feels. Can't love your own. Can't love your own. Well, I stood and watched while they crucified my man. Yes, they made me watch while they crucified my man. He was the only thing I had could touch my soul and make me feel glad. I'm telling you, you don't know how it feels can't love your own love your own you better take your freedom at any cost at any cost i'm telling you you better take your freedom at any cost tread sleeping logs cut some heads and run from dogs i'm telling you you better take your freedom at any cost at any cost oh you can run you can try you can hide but you can't get away can't get away oh let them run let them hide let them try but they can't get away I got a secret I'm gonna tell. Yeah. This whole generation yeah. is damned to hell. Mm. Oh, let them run, mm. let them try, oh. let them lie, but they won't get away. They won't get away. Sarah, she reeled and she rocked, but they sold her child at the auction block. Mm. Your children, they ain't yawn. Don't know why they was ever born. He was the only thing I had could touch my soul and make me feel glad. I'm telling you, you don't know how it feels. Can't love your own. No, you can't love your own. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that is a lot of feeling. That's emotional. That's a that's so beautiful. 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 Yeah, you ready? 
Unmute yourself, baby. I finally remembered it. <laughs> Yay, let's do it. Let's go, Nevis. Yeah, look at my shoes. None of y'all would have been able to walk in them. See, I was a daddy's girl. For a long time, my mother was an alcoholic. Back then, I used to be embarrassed. When she picked me up from school, my teachers would ask her to wait outside for me. See, my father was the responsible one. He did everything in his power to support us and help my mom get sober. She got better and things really turned around. My daddy, he worked two jobs. He even got her working again. Back in March when COVID hit, they both got laid off. They were, they were both frustrated. Everything was going wrong. While they waited for their unemployment checks, my father picked up odd jobs here and there, coming in contact with all types of people. We think that's how he got it. May 1st, diagnosed. June 10th, my daddy passed away. My mom copes to drink, my mom drinks to cope with the death of her husband, the love of her life, the backbone of this family. I'm 11 years old. My mother's lost again in her own world. I live with my aunt, six cousins in a three bedroom apartment, scared to go outside. So I write, where's my childhood? Where are my goodnight kisses and sweet dreams? Who says to me, sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite, please don't catch COVID-19 tonight. Where are my warm good mornings and oatmeal for breakfast? I'm in that house every day, no peace, no place to play. You laugh and make fun of me, but how would you feel? How would you deal? How would you cope? Do you still have hope? How do I live? What would you give? What would you change? The whole world's rearranged. Mm -hmm. Yes, niece. Right. The fact yes. that you can remember that is wonderful. <laughs> yes, niece, you did that. Wow, I love it. Love it. All right, we got some other people. Parish. Come on, Ola. Let's see. I know. I don't know. See if you can Ola. I know that. I know that that little COVID piece was was interesting. That was amazing. And, uh, Ola played her mother. I don't know if you remember the monologue, but try to just to give a little vibe with that. And that, if you can do that little alcohol song after that stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, with my drinking, I always promised myself I would, I wouldn't do it the next day. I wake up, you know, and saying I'm not going to do it today. Mm. I promised myself, you know, in the morning and then by the evening, I'll pick up that drink again. I mean, to be honest, my alcohol has just, it's been the way of coping. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't have no bad childhood, you know? It wasn't that type of story. Alcohol for me has just, it's been, it's been a way of celebration. Like when I met my husband, we would have a great time together like we got together it was party time you know that's how that's how it was for us like when we got together in high school it was fun it was a fun time and i just thought you know i wanted to get together with him and have a family like for me 
when we get together, it's really, it's about everything being okay. That's what it is. But when everything's not okay, it's a problem. For me and my husband, he kept everything together for us, for me and my family. He was the one that really took care of my baby, my child. When we got married, and started working. <laughs> I mean, he was the one that took care of my baby. He was the one that did her hair. And then when I lost my job, he was the one who took care of all the bills. When my mother got sick, I started drinking. I went to alcohol. And then when COVID hit, yo, I didn't know what to do. Life going nowhere. Life's going nowhere. Going nowhere. Life. I picked up the bottle. And that was it. Life. Take me somewhere, life. Take me somewhere, please, life. Take me somewhere, life. Take me Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 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 is uh thank y'all for being able to share that. I know Ola was like, yeah, I can't remember the lines, but you made it happen, Captain. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, everybody. And bro my brother Dale. I think Ash is gonna share something, Mama K. Come on, big. I don't I didn't have a, a monologue from the COVID show, but I did a poem. And I'll play called Intergeneration Complications. Um, yeah. this, was, this was a play about uh, the the misunderstanding between youth and adults. Um, it was the kids actually wrote this play. Um, oh right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and I, I had wrote For a poem. New generation, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I had wrote a poem. Also, uh, it's kind of like a monologue, but it's a poem, so I'll do that. Um, yeah, that's great. 
Dear Lord, this is our prayer to you. I know we out here doing things that we shouldn't do. We toting pistols, we having babies out of wet lot, addicted to blowing smoke and making bottles pop. We'd rather stand on the block than go and get a job. We'd rather hustle out our struggle because these times is hard. Then a lot of people say I changed too. I guess that's what the streets do. I thought a couple people was my fam till I seen them change too. Man, it's like this world we live in is crazy. It's babies having babies. It's robbers and takers. We got the folks trying to shake us. It's like it's more gays than fathers. It's fake rappers and artists. Man, this shit making me nauseous. I'm about to lose conscious. But I hold it in and keep my head up. I'm going to chase this money with my fam until the feds rush. We know this life is rough, but I guess we all chose it. Got tattoos on my body so I won't lose focus. Wow. That's it. Amazing. Yes, that's one of my favorite. That was amazing. I, I'm just so, so happy we did this. Uh, I'm so impressed with when we're, okay, so tell us, we're we gonna get out of here, but I wanna hear like your programming, where you are, tell the people. So we know where you, you have your classes when COVID ends and people can sign up and we're working. And also I know you're, you can get um, contributions. You're, your nonprofit, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all of that. You can so go online, www.wombwork, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, give a donation. We would we would love that and certainly um always need that. Uh we're gonna go back online to let next generation, the youngest group, um, you know, try to do some Zoom stuff. Um it's a little it's a little challenging, but I'm hoping that we can get started with that again. Uh, we we're kind of giving them a break. And I guess after the holiday, uh, we are gonna do our Kwanzaa show and have it zoomed. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna be that's gonna be um a special um thing. Um Ty, cousin Ty, um is going to be doing um improv again with us. So we're we're ready to Ty um, Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's our cousin Ty. That's your cousin. So we're to tell oh, us cousin Ty. <laughs> tell the people where you are, where you, we got host classes. How does that? Where's Moonwork Productions? Like I said, right now during COVID, it'll be I mean, a lot of a lot, a lot of stuff with Zoom. But we're Moonwork. Um, uh, you can get a just look up Moonwork on Facebook. Twenty one Walbrook Avenue, okay. back entrance. Um, at the, um, we're housed inside of the uh, St. Mary's Episcopal Church at Walbrook and Elmont. We're right in West Baltimore, but. Right now, because of COVID, we're meeting on Zoom online. But please hit us up on um, www.wombwork.com. Um, also, Ola, Facebook, and Instagram. And Instagram. Can y'all tell us? At Wombworker. At Wombworker. Wombworker, yep. That's who I got you guys. Okay. Okay. Um, can you say the address again? It kind of cut out just a little bit when you were saying the address. 3121 Walbrook Avenue. Um, we're in West Baltimore. Um, 21216. Yeah. And um, so please, um, you know, for those folks who may want to, um, who are aspiring actors and actresses, you know, hit us up on Facebook, um, on Instagram. You can go on our um, website to see any upcoming shows. We have some Zoom shows. I think we're going to do COVID again. Probably during the first of the year at some point. Kwanzaa definitely coming up. We're getting ready to do yes. Kwanzaa so mm -hmm. it can be seen around, you know, for community. You know, we usually do that all around. So we just 
want the community to feel, you know, familiar with what they're familiar with. And, you know, they might have to do it from home, but we're still going to be there. So, and, and anybody that would like to hire us to do some stuff, we're available 410-258-1504. Yep. Or 410 3477 Oh, you paid your bill, Sheets. All right, I ain't know that. I ain't know that. I ain't know what's going, babe. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, my fault. My fault. I see you paid yours, boo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, Thank you for that fifty dollars, boo. I'm gonna pay you back. Oh, Y'all a mess. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, one other thing. Do we have time for me to add on one thing? Of course we do. I, mean, I know you ain't gonna sing another song, is she? No, man. Ah. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Sing, baby. That's all right. No, no, that's all right. Just as long as you don't tell another joke. Oh. <laughs> that master's degree got you quick, baby. Oh. <laughs> Um, I did want to say, Mama Kay, about our process a little bit, that we went um, about, I guess it's about 14 years ago now, yes, we went to British Columbia. One of our board members, um, Jerry Peake, told us about, a, a, yeah, Dr. Jerry Peak. she told us about this amazing character building model that's done in about 99 countries around the world. It's called the Virtues Project International. And Mama Kay and I went to British Columbia to learn this process. And it's based on five amazing strategies that really help to bring out the best in others while bringing out the best in yourself. So we utilize this process in all of our programming. Um, when we first went, um, we came back, we started using it in our way of dealing with each other, Mama Kay and I, and we found that this was an amazing way, even when we, because in any relationship you have challenges sometimes, but this gives us a, a language to be able to speak to each other in a, in a very positive way that brings out the best, even in challenging times. So we use this process, our teaching artists use it in their programming. We also are master facilitators, Mama Kay and I, we, so we train other people to become facilitators in the virtues process. So we train folks at um, places like um, Family League of Baltimore, the um, um, yeah, young audiences of Maryland, we've trained their board members, their artists, artists. What would you say? Asala, yes. Um, the um, Summer Arts and Learning Academy. So with this process, because it helps in how we, we've had some amazing shows, but now we're working on how we not only what we uh, teach in terms of the arts, but how we teach it and how we're helping young people to feel good about who they are. So there's the virtues. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, so, can I add to that? There's yeah. a, like though she said, there's a teaching style. There's a very specific way. Cause like we've seen other people and you know, everybody has their own way. There's a very specific way that the mamas have taught us as teaching artists to teach these virtues that speaks to our community, to our people in a loving way. And they really, this language is being used more and more as we go around. So thank you, Mama Rashida and Mama Kay for that. It's Definitely. Like, and it's all so, through the arts. Definitely. I want to yeah. learn these virtues. This is amazing. Yes. That, that's totally amazing. So um, you said you have a practice on Friday. Do you guys um, pr um, practice together or you practice on Zoom? How does that work now with the- We, pra we practice on Zoom and then, you know, uh, now um, we most of the cast can't only be like 10, can be only 10 people now, you know, six, six feet. And, um, you know, we'll have a couple of rehearsals, but we're gonna shoot that in um, Sankofa, a museum. 
uh, because we're going to work along with them. So it'll be only um, 10 people. You know, we used to go 50 deep in some of our casts, yeah. 30 and 50 deep. But um, we have to create uh, with lesser of us and, you know, and, and be a part. So it's a, it's a new learning curve. Uh, but I think that the Zoom uh, sometimes allows us to have some moments, you know, and now that we got our brother that can cut, help us edit with your own permission, help us to make it as, as rich as you all are going to make it. Um, exactly. That will be helpful. I, I'm, I just want to say, I'm just, this has been a blessing. You guys have blessed Black Box Radio tonight. I mean, this talent, this community, this love. Um, Dale, thank you for chiming in from uh from California. We're LA baby. LA baby. And Dale's got a brilliant one man and man show. Really? Uh, tell them about your show, Dale. Um, so um uh working with Kay for so many years and learning the power of monologues, um, I, I worked with a writer and then went off on my own and created a piece called My Life in Three Easy Payments. It's based off my memoirs, my life as an out black gay man working in television shopping and how the reflection of how we sell ourselves through products and how we search for fame through different elements. Um, so I had the opportunity to move to Los Angeles in 2000 uh, and launch my show. And I've done it in New York and Los Angeles, uh, the Hollywood Fringe Festival. And um, so for me, it was just an extension of the work that I learned from Mama Kay. And um, it's just uh, another facet of uh, the growth that, uh, that I learned from working with her. Uh, they call me the historian of historian. so um uh i have a youtube channel called damngoodman.com i have a no my website is damngoodman.com but you can find me on youtube at damngoodman and you'll see some of our vintage work of actors against drug interviews that Kay and i did uh you know 20 years ago yeah. uh so yeah that kind of <laughs> kind of reflects the history because i'm a collector i collect uh, i collect dolls i collect african art uh, I make costumes. I made the original costumes for all of Case Theater Productions. It's to see how they've grown uh, has been so immense. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where you can find me at uh, DaleGuyMadison or DamnGoodMan.com, and you'll see some of the work that uh, we've done over the years. Okay. Oh, Mama Rashida, don't make me come for you, girl, because you know we went to high school, and I know I know her uh, her slave. You know where the bodies were. Oh. Oh. So 
your voice quality yeah. and how resonant your voice is it was the same way when we were in high school wow i mean he speaks he speaks like the same way he spoke the same way yes and uh <laughs> i love the voice we would, she would she would say, come on, do that Nikki Giovanni ego tripping again. And we would yes. sit around and we would do the things that high school kids do. Yeah. And I would say ego tripping and she'd be there applauding me as my fan. It was, <laughs> but I do want to say that um, um, uh, I came to Los Angeles in 2015 and the, I think the National Guild of Teaching Artists was doing a, a convention and they had a trip to, Yum, to Woomworks and I had a chance to watch womb works and see virtues in motion and see um, my goddaughter Ola facilitate this class with Mama Rashida and just to see this it, it is I get emotional but I tell you I was a bunch of tears that day watching all of that come together in the room with the drumming and 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 the virtues power all of that pulled together it, it is an experience that really has to be experienced live and I I don't know how Zoom could capture it all, but being in that room and feeling the drums and, and hearing the energy and feeling the words was like, Ola knows I was like, I was a snotty mess of tears that day just to see and feel all of that and, and the growth of it is just beyond words. That's all I can say. Thank we definitely. You. Oh, Dale, we appreciate you. We yes, definitely sir. miss that energy. We definitely miss that energy. I want to get back to um work. I just appreciate you guys. Thanks for collaborating with Black Box Radio. This has been beautiful. But we threw together magic. We sure did. I love you guys. Sincerity, sincerity, make it work. Yep. Anything that you guys have, please tell us so I can cover it and Put it out there to my black boxers. I just love you guys. The full city grand show is on like YouTube. <laughs> what would you say, Perry? Hey, boo. Beauty. Hey, boo, boo. Loji and she's gonna be our new star. Uh, Stephanie, we're gonna say yeah. bye bye. Bring the baby in. Brother Parrish was trying to uh say something oh, with the baby. <laughs> she brought the baby in. You can't bring no babies in. <laughs> um the whole Chandler the City Grant show is on YouTube. Wow, it's amazing. YouTube. And what is the YouTube I think channel? The whole of it is on my phone because I got um, so much of it. I think I got the whole dag on. <laughs> I got the whole I'm gonna copy your email address and I will send it to you. And yeah, I'll send you it to YouTube and get inbox and your text messages too. I got y'all because I don't know exactly what channel is under, but I know that it's on YouTube. Send before. it to me. When whenever you guys are doing anything, make sure please if if you could just throw it to me. So I, when you know when we go back into the theater, because I definitely want to um cover those and because it's just amazing. You guys are doing amazing work in Baltimore City for years. It didn't just start this year, it started for years. And this has been a platform that has elevated lives, has promoted community, has um, fostered love. And I am just, um, I'm so honored to be in your presence. I appreciate you tonight. And I just want to say thank you from Black Box Radio. Thank you. Thank you, sister. We appreciate you. Thank you. Brother thank you, thank you, for my folks. We hey, got thank you, brother. Yeah, we're right. Y'all ain't gonna let me do my outro. I got, I got my. Let me do my thing. I gotta do my thing. Let me do my thing. Let me do my thing. What's your thing, boo? All right.
All right, if you've enjoyed what you've heard this evening and you want to hear more from Black Box Radio, please visit blackboxradio.com. That's B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Black Box Radio. And please subscribe to Black Box Radio so you don't miss anything that we have coming out. We really appreciate you for joining us. You heard that voice. Y'all don't know about that voice. But that voice was a little I sexy. Everybody was getting like, woo! Uh-huh. We cut well. you off. Good night, family. I love you that all. Voice, Good night. That voice, that voice. Oh, that secret sauce. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Let me call. Uh-huh. Let me call home. Let me call home. Hey, brother Joe. Hey, 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 brother Joe. Let me try that real quick. <clears throat> hey, Good night. I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love, right, guys. love you guys. We're back. Yeah, I love you too, everybody. Yeah, Thank you for the opportunity. Love y'all.